The Lord be with you. And also with you. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the Hear from the Gospel according to St. Luke how our Lord Jesus entered Jerusalem. After he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he, has to- as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out the gospel of the Lord. Amen. Let us go forth in peace in the name of Christ. Amen. We welcome all to this service of worship, those gathered in our nave here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, those listening across New England on the radio at WBUR 90.9 FM, and those around the globe listening live on the internet at WBUR.org. As we are able, let us continue to stand to praise God in the singing of our first hymn.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. carried the account of John Hisley and his practice in Lent, not of giving up, but of taking on with his community near the nation's capital. John has spent 20 hours in retirement during these weeks, offering himself at age 68 to those who have never written their own first resume or curriculum vitae. 
And then he spends a few hours each week in a group reading about those who are found in our own stained glass here today, St. Francis of Assisi and Abraham Lincoln and Francis Willard and the prophet Isaiah about justice rolling down like waters. He says, in our community, we try to find a way to treat others like these with whom I work with kindness, with compassion, with sensitivity, honoring them in what we do so that no matter what their life has been like to date, they have a sense that it can be, can get better. We call this, he says, Christ in our midst, our way of showing that we believe in God and that we believe that no matter what, God loves us. Here at Marsh Chapel, you have no need to be reminded of the centrality of humility and service to the gospel, according to St. Luke, the gospel of the Lord Christ. You live such a gospel. You know in your bones such a saying. You embody the epigram attributed to John Wesley, there is no holiness save social holiness. And yet, in the story of John Hislop, there is something simple, true, sincere, personal, honest of our own most self that brings us to the heart of St. Luke in the 19th chapter. Some 50 years after the cross and resurrection in the community of Luke himself, it may have been a preacher rose to remember the first holy week and the entry to Jerusalem. And in stylized memory, there would have been a statement of the gospel later that week. It may have been Luke wrote, as he calls it, his own ordered account based on St. Mark and what he is hearing in the preaching of the church. Did you listen? To be in faith is to be open, not to what we expect, but to what we actually experience. Did you notice in Luke the emphasis on peace here? It reminds us, doesn't it, of shepherds abiding in fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Did you notice the emphasis on the servant animal? The translation works, I guess. It could be better stated, not colt, but donkey. Plow horse, not show horse. Common, ordinary beast upon which the Christ enters Jerusalem. It reminds us, doesn't it, of the Good Samaritan. And when I return, I will give him two denarii. More. Did you notice, especially in Luke, that Palm Sunday, there are no palms here. There are garments, there are clothing to be strewn and shared. It's a divestiture, but you will hunt in vain in Luke 19, 28 and following for any mention of the palms. We have this morning a triumphant entry without triumph, a call to arms that is a song of peace, and a Palm Sunday without palms. That is, we are invited to life, to service. Somewhere in the confusion and busyness of your life, there is a memory of what it feels like to put yourself at the disposal of others, to offer yourself in service. It feels good. But you know that. You're not only giving up, you're taking on. You're attaching yourself to the living Christ who is depth and height and breadth in life, clinging to the humility of his life formed in public, 
to the stern love of his plain sermon, raiment for real living, to the community of joy and peace that is born out of his death and life, a community of very ordinary people trying to learn and receive, give and offer love. Clinging to the singing heart of his voice, there is no other voice like it, so equable, so serene, like a stream in the desert. Clinging to his forms of service, to his typical penury, to his empty purse, his chosen poverty, a reminder to us that the way we use these resources we have in hand, just a few and just for a few hours, is our form of stewardship. Clinging to the courage of his passion, which always finally gives a courage to be, to be open, to be open to life as it comes to us. And now today, Palm and Passion Sunday, to cling to the self-giving of his sacrifice, which at depth is mark and measure of who we, who you truly are. Albert Schweitzer said it best, he comes to us as one unknown, without a name, as of old. He came to those by the lakeside who knew him not. He speaks to us the same word, follow me. And then he sets us to the tasks which he has for our time. He commands, and to those who will obey him, be they wise or be they simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, conflicts, and sufferings which in his fellowship they shall endure and as an ineffable mystery they shall see in their own experience who he is. As an ineffable experience, you shall learn in your service who he is. Amen. Let us say together verses from Psalm 31 with the Antiphon. gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery, and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed.
cast out of mind like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me through your steadfast love. stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the singing of the hymn.
The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 22, verse 14, through chapter 23, verse 56. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another which one of them it could be who would do this. A dispute also rose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? but I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in trials, and I confer on you, just as my Father has conferred on me, a kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. 
I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. When I sent you out without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? No, not a thing. But now, the one who has a purse must take it, and likewise, a bag. And the one who has no sword must sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you, this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was counted among the lawless. And indeed, what is written about me is being fulfilled. Lord, look, here are two swords. It is enough. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from his prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you are betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? Then one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple police, and the elders who had come for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else, on seeing him, said, You also are one of them. 
Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, yet another kept insisting. Surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. Man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who who is is it that that struck you? They kept heaping many other insults on him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to their council. They said, If you are the Messiah, Tell us. If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Are you then the Son of God? You say that I am. What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. 
But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, where he began even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was perverting the people. And here I have examined him in your presence, and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted out together, Away with this fellow! Release Barabbas for us! This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city, and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children, for the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. 
Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him and said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we, indeed, have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. 
The women who had come with him from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tired with all of these, for restful death I cry, as to behold desert, a beggar born, and needy nothing, trimmed in jollity, and purest faith, unhappily forsworn, and gilded honor, shamefully misplaced, and maiden virtue, rudely strumpeted, and right perfection, wrongfully disgraced and strength by limping sway dislodged and art made tongue-tied by authority and folly doctor-like Controlling skill and simple truth, miscalled simplicity, and captive good attending captain ill. Tired with all of these, from these would I be gone, save that to die I leave my love alone.
peace of the Lord be always with you. We are grateful this morning to Dr. Ann Howard Jones for conducting our first anthem, uh, Director of Choral Activities here at Boston University. It's always a great pleasure to have Ann in our midst. It is indeed Holy Week, and a full schedule of Holy Week activities are available in your bulletin or on the chapel website. Here at Marsh Chapel, we like to say that if there has been a service of Christian worship in the last 2,000 years during Holy Week, we do some version of it here during Holy Week. You will note also that, your, uh, that there is the opportunity to buy Easter lilies in your uh, bulletin. We'd ask you to fill out the form, and you can either put the form and payment in the um, offering plate or bring it downstairs to Elizabeth following the service. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
We offer back to you out of your abundance these our gifts of money, the symbol of our time, life energy, resources, and devotion. Bless and multiply them, we pray, that the giving may become receiving, and that the receiving may become giving. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. Amen. 